Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the 38th episode of Toast the Talk on the Toast Network. This is our F1 show for the fans, by the fans, of the fans. And uh, only fans, if you get the keyword there. But it's all about the machines here. Today, we have a full house right after the Austrian Grand Prix on the Red Bull ring. Surprise, surprise. Who do we have as a winner this today? Actually, we have a Red Bull podium finish, but it was a little more exciting than what the results actually say. And I'll have our panelists talk about the racing weekend itself with the weather, which has been one of the biggest strategy players this season, apart from Max Verstappen, whatever you throw at him, he just seems to answer the sheet. And today he even wanted that one mark extra and got himself the fastest lap. But let's deep dive into what all happened, all the action this weekend with a quick round of introductions of our panelists today. We have Prashant, you know which team he supports. And every time he's been on the show, whether it's pre-race or post-race, Ferrari has had a podium finish, which hasn't been too many this year. So he's a lucky chum, no doubt. Uh, Naren, Whatever the time zone, he's always there with us across the globe. He makes this an intercontinental event. We have Dikshat, who's got trivia on Ferrari, so I'm going to let him talk about it in a bit. Uh, Sunny, he's been in the play all this while, a regular over the last few episodes, and he's going to give you some deep dive insights of on the track, off the track. And welcoming our first-time panelist, Pratik, or Super Shetty, as we would like to call him. Uh, Pratik's Say hi to all our fans on the in the audience, and also let us know, you know, which team do you support? Yeah, hey, hi, 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 Vic. Thanks for having me over here. Yeah, I at least for the past couple of seasons, I have been supporting Mercedes, uh, specifically because of Hamilton. So, yeah, I mean, sad to see that they are not winning from the past two seasons, but. Uh, hoping their fortunes change and they're able to overtake Red Bull. Yeah, you, you should totally tune into our episode next week because we are headed to British Grand Prix, which is, again, home ground. And he mostly generally tends to do better there. But let's start off with a quick roundup with probably you, Prashant, in terms of what's your view of the weekend that went so far. Thanks, Vivek. Uh, excited to be here after the not so boring, but not so exciting Austrian Grand Prix. I think it was a mixture of both. I think the qualifyings were probably more intriguing than the race. Nonetheless, it was a good one. Uh, personally speaking, uh, Ferrari, not a bad uh, second and a fourth finish. I was I was somewhere in the bottom of my heart. I was looking at would signs do a miracle and overtake Perez, but knowing how fast the Red Bulls were. Uh, and And... Uh, also, Sainz had to probably, I don't know whether he was really fast-tracking and lapping very, very fast. Uh, he has to blame himself for the five-second penalty. There was a lot of drivers who got that. If not for the five-second penalty, could he have overtaken the Red Bull for a podium finish? It's always going to be a question mark. But it was a good race in spirit. Uh, Sainz did... Uh, held on to Perez for a couple of laps. So did Charles Leclerc for Red Bull. I, mean, I think he beat uh, Max Verstappen's, what, some 150 laps or something of continuous leading the race uh, or or in the first position, he broke the record. So something for me to cheer about. 
Yeah, 250. Thanks, Sunny. So something to cheer about. Great to see Charles back on the podium. But the only thing I would be a little bit disappointed is why did Ferrari not give the chance to Perez to overtake in the first three laps? Thanks. It was a team instruction. Uh, we all know that favoritism does happen in Formula One. But it was an open race, or at least for the top two positions, for the top three positions, it was open. Maybe Ferrari could have just let it go a free-flowing and then change their strategy by, you know, first pit stop or second pit stop. So, overall, happy for Ferrari. Decent comeback. Red Bull, uh, I, I'm not going to talk much about it. I'm sure there are a lot of Red Bull fans who will talk about it. Yeah, let's keeping on with the uh, the rare Ferrari podium this season. Uh, Dikshad, what are your thoughts? So, yes, as a Ferrari fan, it was a, at least a wonderful race after a very long time, I'd say. At least we saw the like Reds on the podium apart from F2, F3 and F, even the F1 Academy races where the Prema is doing quite good. Uh, but on strategy point, like I would uh, like echo with what Prashant mentioned. When Sainz was having a better race pace, they, they should have let him go in the, in the early laps, right? He would have, might have taken a Two chunks from Verstappen. I don't think he could have done much though. But I believe I think Fred has a favoritism towards Charles because of his earlier days, and he, he might have been thrown like if Charles would not have been favored like yesterday. The luck was not on his on Charles' side yesterday, and he would have been like if Science is there, he might protect him for a while. But if not, Charles might get thrown in into the back of like Hamilton. So yeah, it might have been some strategy issue, but then again, they screwed everything in the pits again for science. It was a four second for um, like Leclerc, and then again a four second for science, and he even had to wait. So yeah, it was not science, I would say for sure. But overall, even as a like a manufacturer, Ferrari didn't do that great, I would say. Uh, Magnussen's uh, was 19, 19th, and even Hulkenberg was doing great. But again, his engines like throw him off at the very same point. The picture in my background showing at so yeah. So if any one of you can guess well, what picture is this? I mean, being a Ferrari fan, you can know it's a red car. But whose car is it? If you can let me know, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I would just go with like obviously you already mentioned Ferrari, but. Not too sure anyone else wants to take guesses. I think ah. it was already told by the except because Carlos Sainz and Aston Grand Prix. Yeah, it's yes, exactly. And it's uh, the same like incident like last year and the same, I mean, the same Grand Prix again. Sainz was the one who get screwed by Ferrari's strategy or engine or whatever they can have it. So, yeah, that's it from my side for the weekend. Like, it was. The race was good. There was like being a short lap. It was a too much of action. There were so many penalties when we have talk of it. And so much complaining about penalties as well that that person should have a penalty and not. It was seeming like a class 8, eight standard class where everyone is blaming everyone for everything. But yeah, fun race. Yeah. And actually, if folks tuned into our previous episode, we actually had the explanation of what a black and white flag is. Maybe we should have saved it for this episode because... It was more of how many people didn't get the black and white and as they went off track limits. Uh, huge question on that itself, right? With the number of cars getting off the track limits, did it even make sense to have the white line in this case as a criteria 
or do we sort of switch that out? But before we get into that, Narin, what were your thoughts? Thanks, Vivek. Uh, so overall, it was um, like usual. It was a mixed bag for the last 10. Usual predictions on the top 10, uh, like how Dikshat and Prashant were saying, I was a little gutted for signs uh, for the fact that he had a brilliant, brilliant pace, even though they had messed up with his pit stop, he made sure that he came at least fourth uh, on, on, on the grid. So... That's for me a biggest disappointment. Uh, and uh, being a Perez fan, Red Bull Perez fan myself, uh, seeing Perez coming all the way from 15th to 3rd is a huge achievement. Given the fact that uh, he had lesser Q3 appearances uh, than uh, probably has or William. But um, yeah, like you said, um, almost 50% of the entire drivers got a five second penalty. It when many were primarily because they ran ran off the track, one or two primarily for an unsafe release like Logan Sargent. Uh, so this is, I believe, a question to be asked by the stewards themselves because um, they are rethinking on what should be the penalty limit with uh, respect to what is happening because first three races they were having penalties for you know serving a penalty which means that inside the pit lane you should not touch so after three races you see it didn't it it it, it just flew off in there now you have this coming up probably they will do it for the next two races and it will fly off and they'll come up with something else i believe there is some inconsistency with respect to how the penalty is being awarded that's still a gray area for a lot of fans but yes uh, that's what it is so overall, I like the race, and uh, my for me, Landon Norris deserves to be the driver of the day, which he did. So good job there. There's a lot of redemption for a lot of drivers in today's race. Uh, Sunny, what are your views on the race, on the sprint, the race? The yeah, I think it was the entire week it was pretty standard you know the, the going into the weekend we had the 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 bookies favorite on max verstappen once again and once again that turned out to be the case uh, as we've discussed in the previous podcast we don't really know who the second best team is yet today it was clearly ferrari even yesterday during the qualifying session uh, and during the sprint session maybe not during the sprint session but overall during the weekend clearly ferrari was the second best team that was not the case two races back in where we could quite clear Mercedes was the second best team in Canada where it looked like uh, Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso was once again second best behind um, behind Red Bull. So, you know, if we exclude Red Bull racing from this championship, we've actually got a cracker of a championship. I thought the race was very exciting in the middle, the mid pack. You had three, four cars um, approaching the same corner, all of them taking different lines. Of course, none of this was for the lead. This was for the lower positions. But if you look at it from a racing point of view, it was cracking racing. Who is the second best team? We don't know. If, uh, if Max was not leading the race, it would have been very close between Checo and, um, and Charles. Uh, we would have Checo catching Charles. He would, Science would have to play teammate or real gunner. That would have been another intriguing story. Lando Norris was also in the mix this time because of the McLaren upgrades, which incidentally were only on his car and not on Oscar's car. So now a McLaren going to take another step forward. 
are we going to have one more contender at the front of the race, at the front of the championship, uh, for second place? I thought there was a very um, interesting and intriguing number of storylines, both on the track and off the track. I hope we discuss the off-track issues as well, because there was a lot of drama. And uh, on the track, it was I, I thought it was a very good race, excluding, of course, the standard uh, race win for, for Red Bull Racing and Max. Before we get into all the off-the-track drama, I do want to... Uh... One team that got upgrades a couple of races back did decent, I would say, over the weekend. Today, probably not as exciting as we would have expected them to be. But Pratik, want to hear your thoughts on the Mercedes performance this weekend? Yeah, the Mercedes performance wasn't bad, great. Uh, I mean, although Hamilton just lost, I guess, one or two uh, places compared to the starting grid. But overall, I guess they messed up on their pit stop strategy because till till at least the second pit stop, he was at least in the fourth place, right? So, uh, so they went down. Uh, also, also to add to some of the points uh, which others said, I agree that uh, um, uh, there were too many flags or penalties given uh, the, this weekend, right? And most of those was specific to one particular area of the track where people mostly went outside the track, right? So probably it's also for the Australian Grand Prix to look and see if they can uh, somehow put some kind of a uh, slightly better marker or or some other barrier so that people know that they're not supposed to cross. Most of them I saw I saw was at was at one specific weekend. And also to adding to Sunny's point, yes, I mean uh, I mean uh, not just excluding Red Bull. If you just exclude Verstappen, right, the remaining all drivers are also pretty close, right. Uh, it's it's not that Perez mm. is really uh, uh, too many points ahead of the third place guy. Right. And also, also, yeah, I liked how Perez this week, he was at 15th uh, and he ended up in the podium, right? So that was also good. However, yeah. Perez did have the best car by a long way. So, uh, yeah, you could say it was good, but at the same time, it was expected because if uh, Perez had not got onto the podium, that would have been a, a question mark, actually. True, true, true. Speaking true. of Max, what's the domination? Yeah, but still, fifteen to podium is still, uh, still, uh, still a good, good achievement, I would say. But, but I think Not expected in a Red Bull car, right? Uh, as the, as yeah. Sunny said, yeah, as Sunny said, if if somebody in Ferrari or Mercedes or McLaren does that, then it is wow. Then it's right? a wow. It would be. Yeah. It's a fabulous turnover and a recovery. But even if Max Verstappen, I think we saw Max Verstappen, I think, what, three or four races ago, sitting somewhere on 14th or 15th and winning the race, right? With the kind of the power the car has and the kind of talent he has, I think I totally agree with Sunny. It's not at all a shocker. It's not at all a surprise. And I think I'm very happy. I, mean, I was really wondering whether Lando will win the driver of the day award. And I'm very happy to see he's won that, meaning somebody who's struggled so far won it and somebody who has been consistent in the podiums with a fabulous car 15 to 15 to third is it's great but it's kind of expected yeah yeah true. i mean even you look at max today he had the luxury of taking another pit stop just so that he could <laughs> pass the slap and that just shows yeah he could you know, get that one extra you know, point yeah. maybe an idea for our next podcast is is the the 2023 red bull racing car is this the most dominant car in the history of formula one this alone is a topic and in a car that is... I think it's a combination of Max and the car, right? Like Because if it was the yeah. car, then Perez should be cleanly so when, number two. I, yeah. Like, I see this is a record-breaking car. Like, he's going to... He might be able to break his own record of, like, meaning maximum in a single 15. session. 
15 yeah, watts. 15 was the yeah. one he had last year. It was a like a, still a competitive races you might have seen from him. This year he's driving all alone. The only way he can probably being boring. This one seven-time <laughs> oh, world I champion think... who thinks that this race season is becoming very boring. What are your thoughts? No, I, I say I, I say it's a combination of Verstappen and the car because Perez clearly isn't like. If you yes. see between Perez and the third guy, which is I guess Alonso, uh, the yep. difference in points isn't isn't that much. So it is. Uh, That's more of Alonso consistency car. also. Yeah. Cool-headed, consistent was Stappen we are seeing finally. <laughs> I'm not too sure about the cool-headed because you know when it comes to wheel-to-wheel racing, they're still very. Um, Max can be very, very aggressive as you yes. saw. He was angry yesterday point, about. Yeah, yeah. One point about uh, about Max is. What, as you pointed out, Vivek, whatever the conditions, whatever you throw at him, whoever is lining up with him on the second place on the grid, whether it's Aston Martin or his teammate or the Mercedes or the Ferrari, whether it's dry conditions, wet conditions, intermediate conditions, it doesn't matter. In fact, there's a, there's a, you know, it's common knowledge in Formula One that when it's raining and the track conditions are damp, then it's tricky for the drivers, which is true. However, as we saw in the sprint yesterday, Max's winning margin was greater than the entire race. In a 24-lap race, he, was, he finished the, the race 21 seconds uh, ahead of second place. And today, after nearly 70 laps, of course, discounting the pit stop, after nearly 70 laps, he was about 23 or so, about the same margin as what the sprint race victory was. And that is triple or more than triple the, the number of laps. So it just goes to show that during the... Um, in, Intermediate conditions and damp conditions, Max Verstappen has it covered. Yes, you could tighten the field, you could get some surprise results, but then again, you, the skill drivers will always rise to the top. And that's where we're seeing the class of Max and, and Red Bull Racing, the, the combination coming together and really just breaking all records. But still, getting back to what are your thoughts on Hamilton saying the season's boring and the dominance is killing the sport? <laughs> this, by the way, is a seven time world champion. <laughs> I believe uh, even Verstappen had it covered by his comments. Like he had replied back, and his like all the Red Bull fans are like accumulated again, like in like behind him, saying like it's just that he never complained whatever the conditions were. He was just complaining about themselves not being better. And now Hamilton is saying that this is, uh, like the entire season got boring and everything, and he's like it's up to them to cover them up and like not for him. <laughs> Now they're asking him to like limit, like they are going to develop their 2024 car and Mercedes and Ferrari, they're focusing on the 2023 car still and that's all the first they are trying to play. So I'm like with uh, with Max in, on this side at least. Well, I want to check in on Naren's thoughts on this. Um, Is the season okay, become so boring I... because of the dominance? I would say no. Uh, because uh, yeah, I I probably leave the first place alone because it's a, we know it's a clear winner who is going to be the title winner. Also, in the pre-post race conference, uh, he was uh, the I think it was David Coulthard. He was asking Max Verstappen, "Do you still dream of uh, winning the third title today?" To which he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He say he said, "I'm just enjoying the car," which is optimistic from him. So let's leave him alone. But the second and third, like how Sunny said, we don't clearly have a second team or a second driver yet because of the fierce competition that we have. 
so i'm very i'm uh, i'm very excited to see who will come in the second third fourth fifth so on and so forth because it's still a mixed bag and uh, many people have been bringing many upgrades like uh, the mclaren instance in this race and they have been very dominant this race uh, at least with the upgrades even though they didn't finish on the top they still show that they have potential to be on the top so i am still excited to hear how the who will be the second place who will be third place uh, in the drivers championship and who will probably come second and third in the constructors now we have uh, mercedes who are on uh, the second place but uh, the between the second and third it's a very small margin so anyone can be the second place at the at the end of the season so the second third fourth is what excite what is exciting me and that's what i'll be looking forward to for the entire season could it be uh, mclaren the upgrades also help Maybe. out right? like i think everyone's done uh like mercedes has got in upgrades ferrari's got some upgrades mclaren's got in the upgrades and we are seeing those Even red bull has in the first uh, race that they brought in now we have to see if that mm-hmm. consistency stays yeah, just before the move out their own Uh, their go own ahead, uh, yeah uh, red bull had their own uh, set of upgrades it was not as major as uh, mclaren but they had their own upgrades for the australian austrian grand prix also probably some changes in the suspension so on and so forth but everybody is bringing their own uh, upgrades so uh, it is about how well this upgrades fare well on the track it, uh, for the practice qualifying and uh, obviously Uh, how how the car matters on the race is it a race winning car is what we have to see when it comes to the upgrades over the period of time yeah prashant you had some thoughts yeah i was just saying before we digress from hamilton statement uh, he, here's my viewpoint right so when hamilton was winning i think some fans were also in the same opinion that it's been a boring season continuous racing what matters is if you are in the front and there's no dirty air hitting you everything sunky dory the moment you are back and the moment you are chasing somebody of course there will be some disgruntled situations i think what we need to look at is we got about three or four more races to go before the season break comes in so the the f1.5 which is what i think i was super excited when hamilton was winning who's going to be the second third fourth which constructor is going to be there will ferrari maintain two years of a second place in constructors that's a big big question mark and as a ferrari fan i would love to see that but the reason i'm highlighting this is three more races or four more races to go for the summer break so a lot of teams will try to not do any more upgrades because they will try to get maximum points finish stronger and then then relook at during the summer break as to what needs to be done for the second half too many upgrades will kill you because the the season is very very long right we got 23 races we are done with about 8 9 uh will complete 12 13 by by the mid season right so as a driver it's okay to complain but as a fan i think there's still some excitement left even if uh you know red bull wins and max verstappen wins in the next uh, you know few races but i think there's still some excitement left in the season picking of excitement yeah, the tracks think... we always see hollywood folks uh in the garages in the crowds but there's hollywood money pouring in also sunny you want to share your thoughts on that yeah so just so that uh for the 
for the benefit of our viewers, we recently had um, got the name of the celebrities. Ryan uh, Reynolds. Them. Ryan Reynolds. Mike Ryan Reynolds and uh, David Jordan. Ryan Reynolds yeah, and David, uh, Jordan. David Jordan investing uh, more than $200 million into Alpine for a, a minority stake, which values the Alpine team at close to $1 billion. So if you want to enter, if you want to know what is the worth of a F1 team, it's about $1 billion. But you know, that, those numbers aside, what is interesting over here is um, we have now Hollywood money coming in to Formula One, wanting a piece of the action because arguably we, F1 is the popularity of F1 is at an all time high. We've had the, let's not forget that 2019 and 2020, we were hit by COVID-19 and everybody was at home and everybody had time to watch F1. So that, that added to that created the snowball effect. And then we had arguably the greatest Formula One season ever, 2021 where we had so many new viewers and such an exciting uh, uh, championship never seen before. So this is a really, um, really high point for Formula One. Formula One commercial holders themselves are looking to sell the entire business of Formula One because you want to sell when the, when the price is high. You know? So on that wave, we have these celebrities coming in from Hollywood investing in now Alpine. This is interesting because we've spoken so much about McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, et cetera, upgrades, upgrades, but not so much about Alpine. So, you know, Alpine could be the silent, uh, the dark night over here. You have this new investment coming in, which we knew was coming, was uh, known around this paddock. But now that this investment has actually come in and uh, Alpine has this investment and this backing from some of the top Hollywood A-listers, they will be inclined to deliver the goods. So we have McLaren who might have joined the party today with their upgrades in the, in, the, in the race for second. Who knows, maybe one or two years down the line, Alpine being a works team and with this new investment and new energy, even they might join the race for second uh, or the, the race for the championship. Yeah, no, I think the one thing I would add is there's also the Netflix drive to survive. Oh yeah, of course. A lot of individuals joining onto the F1 bandwagon and, you know, we might see some crossovers now with this Hollywood money coming in. There'll be some interesting mm -hmm. ones there. Dikshit, uh, what are your thoughts around this space? Sorry, I was on mute. So, uh, as you already pointed out about the drive to survive, I think Netflix had this, like, sorry, F1 had the aim of uh, drilling down the US uh, audience a lot using the DTS seasons. They are successful on that after seeing Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds investing in Alpine, I believe. Also about the works, I believe there's a movie being uh, like going on with Brad Pitt and uh, That's right. Larry Hamilton working on it. And yeah, also about uh, when talking about Alpine and the investments, uh, the Alpine boss has already said that we are the dark knight and we will be able to see much more from Alpine in the second half of the season. I believe he, uh, I forgot his name. Like, his name is a bit Lawrence Rossi. Yes, so he has already said like uh, like they are going to have some surprise for everyone. So I believe this money is going to go somewhere good for the team. And speaking of Brad Pitt and Lewis Hamilton as producer, they're actually going to be shooting scenes of that movie next week at the British Grand Prix. And Brad Pitt's actually going to be driving an F2, which will then through CGI be made into an F1. Uh, for the movie but that's Hollywood trivia for everyone who's following our show and you heard it here first uh, before we wrap up for the weekend and 
get into the gears for the British Grand Prix, which obviously is going to provide some home ground advantage for Mercedes fans. I want to hear from you, Pratik, in terms of what are your expectations for next weekend? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm at least hoping that Hamilton comes second. I know that uh, Red Bull has so much of an advantage that it's going to be Verstappen number one, unless and until, uh, I mean, he has an engine failure or some kind of issue, right? So I'm at least, at least hoping that Mercedes comes uh, second. Okay, fingers crossed there from a Mercedes fan. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I think that's the other thing that you have really well highlighted. And that's something Max mentioned today on the radio. You know, he thanked, obviously, his driving skills, no doubt. Thanked mm-hmm. the car. Thanked the pit crew. Like, I mean, Red Bull, pit crew... Under 2.2 seconds, back to back. Everyone else has a bad day. Red Bull never seems to have a bad day. And reliability of the car. I think they've really checked all the boxes. And they are going in this dream run that they deserve, I would say. But before we wrap up, any last thoughts from everyone? And I'll, I'll go around the entire group. And Sunny has already put his hand up. So let's start off there. Yeah. Uh, last thoughts because I want to quickly highlight the fastest uh, pit stop. So, do you, quick trivia, do you know who's the sponsor for the fastest pit stop? Yeah, it's mentioned no. all the time. DHL. DHL. DHL, DHL. yes. So, DHL. Whoever, whoever does the fastest pit stop, you'll see the DHL logo, DHL fastest pit stop logo on top of their pit garage, which you can't see on TV, but it is there. So, in the beginning of the season, Ferrari actually had the fastest pit stop in sub two seconds. And so that DHL logo was on top of the Ferrari garage. Now, this actually irked the Red Bull pit crew. And they said, no, we need to strive to get it. So they practiced and practiced. And in one of the races, they managed to outdo Ferrari and by maybe a tenth or less than that. And now they have the fastest pit stop, as they should, because they're the most professional team. And that DHL fastest pit stop logo is proudly sitting on top of their garage. That's interesting trivia. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, That totally makes sense. Thanks for that. Uh, Narin, any last thoughts from your end? Um, uh, I'm looking forward for the next weekend because uh, British GP in general has produced a lot of news in the past. Uh, be it the Hamilton Verstappen um, rivalry to brilliant races in the past. So I'm excited to see, like how Pratik was saying, how Mercedes is trying, Mercedes will fare because given that it is their home ground. Overall, I'm also looking for how other teams uh, will probably use the upgrades that they, they had if they were unable to perform this week to see how well they perform next week. Uh, like, for example, the McLaren, they were dominant. How will they be dominant next week? Is the, is the upgrades consistent? Uh, things like that is what I'll be looking forward next week. Thanks for that. Prashant, 15 seconds to you. Well, for... Yeah, well, between now and the British Grand Prix, I'm going to hone up my skills, practice my skills on the British Grand Prix, driving on my cell phone, a brand new game I found on Formula One. I'm right now driving for Alpha Tauri, which is pretty surprising. I'm supposed to finish in six races about 17th place. And the first Grand Prix is actually British Grand Prix for me. So I'll get to see the corners. I'll get to see the DRS. I've got to be better in those one seconds. And I'm getting a feel of how challenging it's going to be for the teams if you lag behind it's impossible to capture in in in, in uh, you know silverstone right uh, personal experience so if you stay behind for whatever reason it's a huge challenge so be in the front 
Awesome. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, thanks everyone for viewing this show today. And we'll catch everyone at the end of this at the British Bronwy next weekend. So thanks a lot, all our panelists. Share, like, subscribe. <clears throat> like I always say, thank you for being on Toaster Talk. <laughs>